0: All right, uh, here we are Thursday, May the 20th, Hour three of the Kelly Contreras Show. 23 degrees feels like 25 right now. It's game day. A lot of people very excited about the prospect of the Leafs and Canadians playing tonight at 7.30 at the Scotiabank Arena. However... Uh, nobody's going to be in the arena except for the players and the support staff kind of a drag. If you've been waiting this long to uh, you know, see those two teams go at it in the playoff series. First time in 42 years. And then at midnight on the 21st, tragically hip release a new album. It's one of uh, it is uh six tunes that were recorded for road apples originally. So, I mean, it's like what a weekend, but we're moving into the holiday weekend Uh, Quite a weekend ahead of us. And the province is set to reveal the reopening plan today at three o'clock. We'll carry that live on 640 Toronto. Don't you worry. And we will not miss a beat when the premier uh, focuses on what this reopening strategy is going to look like. I mean, we may see some outdoor restrictions lifted by this long weekend. May see that. May not see that. Don't know. We'll wait to find out what he has to say. But I know we're going to be focusing on sectors of the economy instead of a regional approach. And we'll get that info for you uh right from uh, the Premier at 3 o'clock. All right. I want to talk about the, the prospect of reopening because I, I think it's important to discuss what that's going to look like. Back in March, the Toronto Region Board of Trade released a nano survey showed that 64% of Toronto office workers were prepared to return to the office. 64% of them. Apparently, the desire is growing more because a lot of us are finding it frustrating working at home and we're partially vaccinated. Jan DeSilva joins the show right now, the CEO at the Toronto Region Board of Trade. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Kelly. Great to be here. You've been preparing for a return to the office for months. You've been talking with a committee of 70 business members. There's so much to consider. Where do you even start with something like that?
1: Well, uh, the first thing is to have a plan. And that's what we've come together to do. It was back in October. uh, Mayor Tory has been at the table with us since the beginning. He's one of the co-chairs of this effort. Uh, Richard Joy from Urban Land Institute of Toronto and Grant Humes from the Financial District BIA. And we focused on the Financial District first with a group of business owners and large employers to look at what are all the elements we need to put in place to be ready to safely reopen
0: when the time is right and what did you come up with?
1: Well, we've been looking globally at other markets that are further ahead of us on their uh, COVID progress, and it's a number of things. Uh, If you think about it, it goes beyond just having a safe workplace. It's everything from the moment you leave the front door of your home, however you navigate to work, and if we think about the financial district, we've got Union Station where we've got all forms of public transit connecting in. So how do we make sure our public uh, transit systems are ready? How do we make sure the PATH network is ready? Elevators to take people up to their buildings, Uh, the food courts, how do we manage uh, distancing and new protocols in the new normal that awaits us as we think about reopening?
0: So there's a lot of hows to consider. Did you come up with, uh, w- with what you're going to, to, to implement as a plan? Because I know that the path. You know, as you say, it's been largely um, catering to the people that work in those financial towers. We're hearing that a lot of businesses have closed down. I'm hearing that um, the PATH have already started to install touchless doors and things like that, so people are confident when they return. Yeah. Are we going to see more services opening up, less stores but more services, more spas for people that need to relax or get a massage in the middle of the day to de-stress? Uh, Are we going to see mainly uh, food offerings down there? What's that going to look like?
1: I think it's going to be a mix of services. Uh, Yes, the path has been closed. And and just to put in context, pre-COVID, we have about 550,000 daytime workers in that central business district and 2,500 small businesses, many of whom are in the path, that relied on that daytime workforce to be their customers many of those small businesses have been able to um, get access some of the government stimulus. So while their physical shops are closed, they will be coming back and reopening when folks return. You're absolutely right, Kelly, the mix of uh, stores and services that existed in the past very much catered to what that daytime worker was looking for. And we do anticipate seeing uh, most of them reopening and new ones stepping in to fill uh, places that become available. But as it pertains to the mitigations, it's it's a whole range of things. If I can touch on some of the things that are, um, you know, quite interesting that we're borrowing yeah. from other parts of the world ritual, a, a Toronto based food delivery um, app and food delivery company, they operate as well in Sydney, Australia. And what they've found has worked there is that they've actually had uh, takeout food pickup um, or drop off areas in building, um, uh reception areas so rather than staff having to jump into rush hour on the elevators Uh, at lunchtime to get down to the food court, they can simply use the app to order from whatever restaurant they want. And there's a delivery mechanism to take it right up to the office floor. So things like that will be, I think, new normals that uh, will create great service. It still benefits the food court. They're still able to provide service, but it also uh, protects the health and helps us uh, stay on top of COVID conditions.
0: It's a high-end dumbwaiter.
1: Well, yeah, I'd even call it a smart waiter because it's based on smartphone technology, but no, absolutely a very good, uh, very good example of that. Also things I mean, uh, for many years, our buildings, our office towers have been smart, have had smart technology in them. So for instance, if a meeting room is vacant, the lights will automatically go off, don't want to waste electricity for that. You can use that same program to calibrate it such that if uh, because it works on temperature. And when people are in the room, temperature goes up, so that's why it would know to keep the lights on. But by the same token, if if it can calibrate a temperature that indicates there's too many people in that meeting room, it can turn down the lights or turn off the lights as a signal that we've got too many people congregating, we need to spread things out. There's other technology that we're looking at that helps uh, employers actually map within their offices where they've got higher concentration of staff. So what we found is lunchrooms, coffee stations need to be distributed more throughout the offices rather than centralized. Because um, people are just so anxious to collaborate and uh, get back into the office again that you can't have the risk of people congregating uh, too often in too many locations. So there's lots of tools that are going to be put in place to make it safe. But I think what's exciting about the project is it's tackling everything from the employee's front door to the office door and everything in between so that people can have confidence that thoughts going into this. And we'll be ready to hit go uh, as soon as we get the go ahead from the province and public health.
0: I think it's interesting that we're relying on technology to solve a lot of our problems. I used to work at the CBC for a, like a, a couple of years, and there was something that was like the butt of the joke. It was a mail rob- robot that would travel around. <laughs> and I mean, the, it, it would just travel along from floor to floor and the, you'd go to the, it would beep, beep, beep. If it was in your area, you go, you check for mail. We're going to see a lot more of that, right? Well, I think that we're gonna see a
1: lot of new technology that's just gonna enable us to get back to work. And as you flagged off the top bananas uh, poll that we did in March, surprised us all. We didn't expect to see that high a percentage. And uh, from the large employers that are sitting at the table with us, all of the survey work they're doing internally is signaling even more pent up demand. I Mm -hmm. I think our workforce of just realizing work from home is okay. But it's that, you know, bumping into somebody in the hall or uh, in that lunchroom where you can solve a problem and not have to try to get in their schedule to jump on a Zoom call. Um, and just the collaboration that can happen by being in person, we're missing it. It's just been so long coming.
0: Yeah, it, those organic moments, they're gone. And there's a lot of pressure to uh, actually fill the time on a Zoom meeting. And then you just get a lot of extraneous Information that you don't need and time wasted. It's going to be a new hybrid post-pandemic workplace for sure. 64% have an appetite in in the uh, office realm to get back to it in person. But what's it, what's the likelihood of a percentage of people that will be returning in, in the near future to the office? What do you think?
1: Well, and again, once we get the green light to do so, and if we take our cues from what's happening in other markets, again, if I use Sydney as an example... Um, we're not seeing any of the extremes that were being predicted earlier in the pandemic. The extremes being that it would be 100% work from home or whatever, what's happened in Sydney, what started with kind of a three-day return to office is quickly uh, developed into almost uh, full-time four days a week, like almost 100% of staff back four days a week in a one-day hybrid and uh, work from home. And that work from home staggers. So it's not that everyone's off the same uh, one day of the week. And we think that model will play out um, in Toronto as well. So we're getting geared up to support that. Our large employers are also looking at, uh, you know, our cubicle structures and other things to ensure we've got appropriate distancing and the ability to both stagger work hours and stagger work days to accommodate everyone. I was just talking to um, a business leader here in Toronto who also uh, has operations in the U.S. who happened to be in New York City yesterday. He was saying in the case of New York City, the rules restrict uh, offices to no more than 50% return to work. He said they've had to ask staff to actually stay home because they can't go over 50%. There's just so much pent-up demand to get back into back into an office. And this is Manhattan,
0: where there's a lot of the staff commuting in from um, many, many parts of the state. So much for the pandemic changing the way we work. It looks like we are kind of hooked on being around our pack. Jan, thank you so much for joining us. It sounds like you've got some interesting ideas and we'll keep our fingers crossed. Uh, I know the premier is going to be announcing what that reopening will look like, what strategy they'll take this time when we get out of lockdown at three o'clock today. So I'm sure you'll be paying attention.
1: I'll be there.